This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. We're back today with me and Nick. So Nick, it's um, finally the end of your clinical, the end of your uh, CPT schooling. Um, How are you feeling? Bob, it's a beautiful combination of both bittersweet and extremely proud. Um, Not only, and the the pride, the best part about it is the pride isn't focused on myself at all. The pride is focused on all the patients I've had, all the therapists that I've been able to uh, have as a part of my life and be involved in really the whole team aspect going on. And it's been an absolute incredible journey all along the way that I wouldn't trade for a thing. That's awesome. Now, Now, I know, I already know your answer. For, for all of this, um, well, the question I'm about to ask you, but you spent six years in school um, for physical therapy. And, and I know, like, you personally, like, you love PT, but um, for somebody out there that's that's wondering about PT, do you think it was worth it to you? Bob, that's a fantastic question. Um, and I'm going to answer with it is always worth following your passions. And if you're, if when you're following your passions and your passion is growing, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the definition of where we need to continue, where we need to keep growing along in our lives. Um, but that question has been asked to me by a couple of the people, a couple of their people recently. Oh, one, really? um, one by a student, um, uh, two years below me. And, you know, they were debating whether they should return to school or not. Some faculty changes, some other things going on and asking at that point after already been been through um, three years of undergrad and then the year, uh, the full undergrad and the grad school year, um, is it worth it still? And um, after a long discussion with her, my answer was, yes, it was. Um, And she had some other stuff going on as well. But then actually to my younger cousin too, um, she's had an internship over the summer. She is a, I believe a rising junior at Northeastern and not in physical therapy, but she's in, um, healthcare communication, healthcare policy, something along those lines. And she was in this internship over the summer, really cool thing where she could shadow a ton of people during her off time. So she's getting paid. She's working in a lab for 20 hours a week. The other 20 hours a week, she can still get paid to shadow basically whoever in the hospital she wants. And she really took a liking for physical therapy. And um, I've been trying to get her. She's been very motivated and we've been trying to get her to consider different aspects of it. So she's going to be going that route as well. Okay. Wow. That's, so that's a solid yes, a solid 10 out of 10 from you, Nick. So that's now, that being said, Bob, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Um, was it worth it for myself a 15 out of 10? Easily, easily. But I've had another good friend of mine that, you know, thought he wanted to do physical therapy, went through the program for part of it, and, you know, he came with some resistance for sure, but he certainly found that, you know, that was not his passion when he was called for, and he went into the military instead, and he's loving his time there and continuing to grow. Um, so certainly um, everything, every profession is not for everybody. But what I love about physical therapy is for me, physical therapy gives me the most freedom, the most autonomy to be direct with my patients, have a time of care I want. And it's more than just physical therapy. It's my vocation as a healer in this world and my ability to fulfill that. Yeah, that's awesome, Nick. Now, I, I agree. Um, and, and this also, I think this also touches upon um, – a subject we talked about two or two or three episodes ago about like the, the sunken ship, 
the sunken fallacy, something. Yeah, sunken yeah, ship the, fallacy. the, the yeah. sunken ship fallacy, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, so like, with PT school, like, you're, there's a lot of investment, um, a lot of time. And then, like, if, if you're midway through and you're feeling like it's not worth it, um, are you going to jump ship or are you going to stay on ship because you invested so much time? Now, I know, like, it's 100% worth it for you. It's, it's also 100% worth it for me um, as I'm going through it. But but I can see how how it can be hard to, to detach yourself from from college in general um, because you invested so much into it. You know, Bob, know. that's a really good, that's a really good question. Not only investing financially, which is significant, but also uh, emotionally, intellectually, all the effort and time you put into it. You don't want to feel like it's all for naught. Um, what I would say is I have two main points to talk about with this. Um, the first one being is you need to invest in yourself. And you need to get creative. You need to give yourself permission to get creative with what you're doing. Um, you know, for me and for you as well, we've added different elements beyond just, hey, here are my physical therapy courses I'm learning a lot from. What do I want to create this experience to be for myself? And you have to have ownership over that process. And that's huge no matter what field you're going into. I think that changes everything for people, even if it's only a very small amount, but to have that creativity at hand. The other thing, Bob, is we talked about jumping ship. Where yeah. the heck are you jumping to? You, it's more than just jump. It's more than just jumping off. There's sometimes there's some dire situations where your priority is to jump off the ship, and I'm fine and dandy with that. But when you're in the ocean, when you're in the water, where the hell are you swimming? And I think there are I think there are more times where we have to focus on not just am I jumping ship, because that's you know that's an emergency. That's the fire alarm is pulling. You're good to go. Um, okay, I'm jumping ship. Where am I jumping to? I think that's the more important question to ask. And if you don't have clarity, um, and if you don't have a true answer, find a way to elongate that. Find a way to stay the course just a little bit longer as you actively seek a map, as you actively seek, you know, where is the, uh, the X marks the spot? Because as we know with tiring, it's all about the booty. Yeah. I... <laughs> well, like, I mean, on, like, like for Titanic, for example, right? Um, oh, sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes the... Uh... Uh, the ship may be safer than the waters. You know, like everybody jumped off ship um, and then they froze. Well, well, actually, that's a bad example because they both. That, 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 that's a very bad example because Bob. That, that... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so Bob, to your point, just like Titanic, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, that's. <laughs> there we go. You saved it. You saved it, Nick. Um, so I also want to ask you this, Nick. Last week we talked about. Um, you had these two great decisions um, and you were approaching the end of your clinical. Now, now I know you do have still a lot of time to, to decide as you're preparing to, to take um, your PT license exam. Um, but the last week we ended off with, with the consensus of whatever choice you make, um, the, the two options that you presented with yourself, which are great options, no matter what option you pick, they're all great options. Um, I, I'm just curious if you want to like elaborate some more of where your mindset is with that right now. Absolutely, Bob. Um, and great question. First of all, it's still steadfast and whatever I choose, the worst thing I can do is half-ass anything, especially to this degree. And at this point in my life, it's never half-ass anything, never settle for anything. Um, now that being said, I'm going to go forward with the residency program. Um, one of the two residency programs I'm applying to, my reason for which is because it's a year-long program, it's intensive, it's multiple mentors along the way. Um, and I'm, I'm a man of opportunity to keep my options open. 
So if I go through with these residency, there's certainly an opportunity. There may be an opportunity in the future to expand down here as well in Dallas. But yeah. if I start, but if I start out in Dallas, in my mind, I'm foregoing the benefit of taking the residency. Wow, that's that's, that's good. Good for you for making um, that solid decision and, and committing to it. Because uh, from what I'm hearing in your voice, like you sound very committed to to the decision you're made, and you're not you're not looking back. So you walk the path. And then you're not turning back and, and think to yourself, oh God, what if I made that choice? Um, what would happen? So that, that's really that's really great, Nick. I'm I'm really happy for you. Do, do you have any residencies in mind? You talked about one, I think, in California, a residency. Yep. So it's um there are two in mind. Um, one is out in California, Kaiser Permanente for Southern California. The other one is in New York State at Cuga Medical Center, which is upstate. Yes. Perfect. Good for you. I, I, I hope you get into to both, and uh, good things will happen. Hey, much much appreciated, Bob. And and like you said, it's uh, it's exciting thing about the possibilities, and um, I think it's it's fascinating and funny in our minds how, at least for me, and this may be true for others as well, Bob. I'd like to hear your opinion. For me, as I was going through these choices, it seems like our brain processes these things very similar. It processes. You know, I have two really good choices where I'd be so freaking happy at either one. Our brain appears to process it this the same way as if I have two awful choices, two, like, life or death choices that are too bad to choose the lesser of the two evils or that they are both just as evil. And our mind processes that very similarly. Now, if it's just a good choice and a bad choice, well, that's not a choice. You just do it. Um, there's no decision based on that. You do what's better. But I find it really fascinating with the mindset aspect of how we interpret two really good choices for um, two really bad choices. And I wonder, I wonder if that does lead to undue stress for many people. Yeah, there's this whole idea of of paralysis by analysis, or I guess that in general. But um, I I think that, uh, like, like our brains, like, we lived for a pretty long time. Um, not not me personally, but like our brain um, has been since here since the Stone Age, I I assume, um, and they they're always in this survival mechanism mindset of thinking. I I still think that's how the mind thinks, um, and it's doing its very best to to survive and to protect itself. And even when there's two good choices or two bad choices, um, it the the brain I I feel like it perceives. Uh, it's in a way that it's a life or death situation. Um, now that's just my opinion, but I feel like that from what you said, that that's what the circumstances, I guess, is. What do you agree, Nick? Oh, well, absolutely, Bob. There are there are physiological mechanisms in our body, whether it's related to the neurological system or otherwise, that that put us in those situations that give us the perception that, as you've talked about many times with that story the lion is still in the room, the pressure is on, there's a sympathetic response, and, and what are you going to do? What are you going to do when the lion, the perceived threat, is in that room, the perceived urgency? Yes. Thank you for making that more scientific for me. <laughs> I appreciate it. But, um, no, that, that's that's uh, great that you made a decision, and, and I'm very proud of you, Nick. Thank you, Bob. And, I mean, it's just it's an exciting time. And I hope I'm not hogging too much of this uh, talking right here, but it's an exciting time in my life. You know, finishing like I said with the with the program and you know getting getting great reviews, um, really good feedback. Just an amazing time down here during these 12 weeks of my clinic. Um, and you know, every single 
um, person, every single physical therapist that treats in this clinic has their OCS and uh, many other certifications. But it, as we know, it's not about the letters behind your name and all the fellowships and all that other stuff or the chiropractic degrees, but it's about the quality with which with the quality that you treat the patients and the intellect you have behind it and what you were able to do. And they were a incredible example of living to the highest degree of that. And I, I learned a ton over the clinical. That's perfect. Now, I, I do want to reflect on something that you just said, that you said that I don't want to be hugging much a lot of the time of this conversation. Now, um, I think that could be our, our topic for the day. So, so where I'm getting at is that for me, um, there's nothing, there's nothing going on as, as I perceive, like, like how I look at my life right now, it's like nothing's going on. I'm, I'm making zero progress or, or nothing's going on um, because of the, the mundane, I guess, daily activities of life. Sure. But, you may be just like our, our body, you know, we may be making progress, but we're making a progress in the velocity. It, and our body doesn't sense velocity very well. It senses a change in acceleration, the speeding up or slowing down. So you've got a you've got a solid velocity, Bob, but the acceleration is changing. Thank you so much for so so thank you so much for understanding my my sentences and making them actually <laughs> coherent because I, I wasn't sure if I was uh, making sense. Um, but but I think yeah, you're right. Like uh, every day you're, you're doing things that are moving you up the needle, tiny like tiny tinyly up so the the needle's moving up and down or it's moving up very small and very slowly um but as you look every day it doesn't look like the, the needle's moving at all but then over a long period of time that needle's moving right I, was that what you were getting at Nick? because that's where i was getting at let's let's run with that bob keep on going bud <laughs> right. because so, so basically i said that there's nothing really going on with with my with my life right now but I'm doing these little tasks every day that are moving the needle, but in my eyes, they don't seem like it's much. It doesn't seem like it's something um, noteworthy of talking about. Um, but th there was this thing that I saw um, about how, how you want to document, how you want to document stuff, right? Um, if you go back to like the 19 whatevers and you look at a famous picture, most of those famous pictures are just pictures of, of streets of just regular things, of people walking, of buses, people going to work, um, those black and white pictures, right? Those are those are such mundane things. Those are such are boring things. But then, I guess over so long, so so in the future they they're so interesting and so cool to look at. Um, and and here's the cool idea, of, Bob. Here's yeah, the interesting part to add to that too: is most of the time those masterpieces that we reflect back upon and look upon now in our time. Most of the time, whether it's even great literary novels, I would say that probably 80% of the time, and these are approximate statistics, is that they were undervalued, is that they were not even recognized during that time period Yes. of, of the creator's life. Yes. So, so basically, it, it takes time, right, to, to, to realize. So it takes time to realize that something's actually happening. Um, that the needle is actually moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, like you said, it's, you know, it's like visiting an old family member where you haven't seen them for a long time. They haven't seen you. They can tell them that you've grown, even though you don't seem like you've grown at all. Yes, that, that is exactly it. Um, now I, I also want to move to another subject. If you want to 
if you want to add anything to this um, before we move on to another subject. No, Bob, go right ahead. And we're going to have to have a bit of a shorter episode today. So I've got too much longer, unfortunately. But, uh, hey, let's hit it with fire, man. Yes. So it's actually a really quick question. So um, what are your thoughts on being first place versus second place? <laughs> Ooh, you're a good one. You're a good one, Bob saying. Okay. Well, the first question I'm going to ask is, what are we being evaluated by? And I don't want you to answer that right now. Okay. I want to ask, how are we evaluating ourselves? How do we, if you're going back, Bob, how do we define success? What kind of external requirements are being placed upon us to define success for us? Because is second place truly just the first loser? Or is second place something worthy of being accomplished about? Oh, and you got to ask, okay, is this like a one-on-one thing where it's like second place, like shit, dude, you're last? Or is this like <laughs> second place out of like 300 people? So that's a, there's a whole other ballgame with that too. Um, when, I, when I think about myself, and so again, I, I receive feedback that I've been the best student that's gone through that clinic and everything. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, what's that out of, like, 25 people or 30 people or whatever? Um, not a huge sample size. But so I'm, like, I'm complimented, but it certainly could be could be more. Um, and I, I say that humbly because I don't, especially lately as I define my own journey, my own path, the direction I want to go, why am I competing with a person who wants to do neurological PT? That's not my passion. That's not my field. And people with this other stuff is, Bob, I feel like I have so uniquely created and cultivated my position in physical therapy, and I will continue to. Why am I competing with other people? It's, it's good to recognize, hey, this is where you came from. These are these other factors involved. But I am me, and ain't nobody going to do me better than me. And so um, maybe it's a lame excuse because there can only be one first place when I'm just competing with myself. But I need to be better and better than myself in the past and I need to be better than my prediction for myself in the future. And I'd say that's my competition. And I've certainly, in that regard, Bob, I've lost to myself before. I've lost to the competition where it's been me against myself, and I'm like, damn, you could have done a little bit better, kid. Wow. That that was a great definition, or that was a great explanation of, of your thoughts. Um, I, I think uh, where – I don't know if this is going to make sense, but where, where I'm getting at is like um, – or, or, or basically what I'm hearing from you is the answer is, is it depends um, on what the situation is. If, if you're competing with yourself, um, you're always trying going back and forth with first place and second place. Um, but, but then on, on a wider scheme of things, when it's with other people, uh, being first place or second place really depends on the context of if it's first place, does that mean that I won? The second place means, uh, does that mean that I lost or am I growing? because I'm in second place. Um, right. I don't know. And, 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 and is it, and do we place, do we, where do we put our value? Do we put as much value on these external requirements as we do as the internal? And I certainly, I'm not one to argue that, Hey, the external doesn't matter at all. Um, because I think it does. I think there's a certain, um, it's important to be able to say, here are the external standards that are placed upon me, the environment. And can I rise to that challenge? It's one thing to define your own pathway and to excel in that, but ultimately, to some time, points in time, you have to say, I'm adaptable enough, I'm resilient enough to do everything I can to achieve this external requirement. And when it, when I do everything I can that's not enough, I do more. 
I'm going to shift this uh, telescope just a little bit um, of where we're focusing, but I, I want to shift it more to, to like, um, one of the values, I guess, that, that you talk about, or you, you talk about values, but one value would be like social pressure, right? If you're sure. first place, there's a lot more eyeballs and a lot more social pressure on, on you to keep getting first place. Whereas in second place, I mean, sure, you're growing your, your second place, that's dandy and all, but there's less social pressure to be in second place. Does that make sense? Absolutely. What are your thoughts on that? Or, or do, do, you me, the, do, you, do you want my honest truth, Bob? Can I guess your truth? Guess my okay. truth. Okay, so basically, you're going to say that you're competing with yourself. It doesn't matter what other people think. Is that what you're going to say, Nick? Um, you use a bit more um, sober language. I would just say, who the F cares? Um, <laughs> is my, it, it, from, from my perspective, is my honest answer because it's, um, you know, social pressure this, social pressure that. I, Bob, I used to be far more self-conscious than what I am. Um, and I think that that comes with having a mission for yourself now. I don't care that much. And I'm going to be completely frank with you is that is there social pressure for this day or the other thing? There's social pressure all around us. Why do I care about that? What, what, what do I have to conform to, to get a certain place or achievement? Um, I'm finding more and more that these external things that we value as a society and as a whole that we get recognized for, and I've seen it time and time again for different awards and other things. What are we really valuing? What are we actually valuing within that? And yes, there's validity here and there in some aspects, but it doesn't tell the whole story. Well, that is, you know, Nick, you are really an inspiration and, and truly a powerful, um, I guess, controller of your mindset. I don't know if that's that's the right terminology, but... Well, Bob, it's a, it's, it's a work in progress, and I've certainly got more work to do, but... Uh, yes. I was, I've only got another week here um, at my personal training job and everything. I was saying uh, bye to one of the uh, people I'm working with, a radiologist, and he was funny at the end. When, well, he said a few sarcastic things, and one thing he said at the end was, well, we're going to miss you. This is, uh, you're the institution's brightest here. And I said, well, shit, I feel bad for the rest of the institution. If I'm the brightest here, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is great. You're, you're so humble, Nick, and, and you're so wise at the same time. That is that is a great combination, and there's so much good things that are going to happen to you. Um, but that's all I can say, Nick. That's, that's your roommate. Coming from a good friend, Bob, much appreciated, and thank you for asking the right questions. I did a podcast on uh, this topic earlier that, you know, if you're, if you're not getting the answers you want, you're asking the wrong question, and it's on you and having the ownership behind that, and you do a fantastic job owning that for yourself for who you are and what you're trying to make yourself um, to be. So it's always been a blessing getting to know you in this journey. Paul, as, we wrap this, as we wrap this up, I want to send a message out there for everybody. And that's the point of this podcast is to think about, as you make your decisions, what role does social pressure have? Whether that's you, like in my situation, choosing between a job or choosing between value of different places or ranking. Uh, then where do you place your value between external and internal motivation and desires because it's you truly can't ignore both of them you have to consider them both but where do you place excuse me where do you place your value i think those are the questions we need to consider and ask ourselves daily well 
that, that's great. That's great, Nick. Um, so going back to the the accountability thing. So yes. I wrote I wrote a I wrote a post about uh, doing CrossFit for a month and then posted that. Um, and and you might be thinking, how does that relate to to acupuncture? Um, it doesn't. But I feel like it can build some sort of, I guess, credibility with with people that are trying to to exercise more. Um, trying to to start exercising, or even it doesn't have to be CrossFit, just just exercise in general. So I wrote that, posted it, um, and and yeah, that's that's uh, that's what's been happening. I love it, Bob. And like you said, if you're acknowledging that, hey, this isn't directly for the subject, but here's how it relates. And more importantly, here is my intention behind that. So I care less about oh, does it kind of can I make up some arbitrary bullshit rationale or no, this is what I intended for, and you know I maybe I didn't plan out everything to, to a you know, crossing my T's down in my eyes, but here's how it connects and here's how it plays into the overall um, variety and stability of the blog. I love it. All right. So my goal next week is to, to just create another blog post, uh, just put it on the Facebook or put it on Facebook and, and see how it goes. Love all it. right, Nick, do you have anything else you want to add besides all the, the wise words that you put on this podcast today? <laughs> yeah, I'll add one more thing. Take everything we say take everything anybody says take anything yourself that you say to yourself with a grain of salt it's all in the situation it's all in a certain aspect the most powerful tool of all is understanding and controlling your mindset know thyself and you can't know thyself if you don't know you, you don't just take somebody's word for what it is just because you know i say something don't do not hold it for absolute truth it is true for me and yes, we live in an age of relativism that I think sometimes is far too overboard. And there are these truths out there, but take it with a grain of salt and experience it for yourself. Adopt it into your life as a trial period and find it out for yourself. Wow. Perfect. Thank you, Nick. And I'll see you next week. All right, Bob Chang. Keep it up.